Hello, everyone. This is Kelly Snyder with Valerie Graham with Find Me, Police Psychics, and More, produced and broadcast by the Zeus Radio Network for Hear Women Talk. Today's guest is uh, Daz Smith, uh, and we're talking to him from the United Kingdom. Welcome to the show, Daz. Good evening. It's uh, good to be here. We're glad you are. Yeah, very much so. Daz, uh, the topic today uh, is remote viewing, and uh, we uh, we have you on the show because we know you're one of the experts out there. And uh, one of the first questions um, that comes to mind, obviously, for for not only myself, even though I've been around it now for eight years, is what is remote viewing in 5,000 words or less, and where did you learn how to do remote viewing? Okay, yeah, that's a good question to start with. I mean, the official answer to that is something along the lines of remote viewing is a skill by which a person, which we call a viewer, can perceive objects, persons, events, or locations removed from them by time and space. Well, that's... Yeah, now, expand on that, if you would, and and try to you know, put us in yep. a position as to how you started. I mean, are you sitting in a room where everything is dark? I mean, can you be looking out the window and do this? I know that, you know, you always have a pad of paper in front of you because you're getting symbols and words and this and that. So if you could go into that a little bit, please. Yeah, sure. Uh, uh, remote viewing is, in essence, uh, a combination of all the all the kind of, like, time-honored classical psychic techniques you know like clairaudience clairvoyance uh, and channeling that that type of thing and what we do as a remote viewer is we use those basic classical skills but we use them within what we call protocols which are essentially rules we have four or five rules um, that we have to run our remote viewing through and that kind of that's the only differentiation really from, from the old way of doing psychic behavior but when it, within those rules, now they're, you basically don't want to know any kind of front-loading. You don't want to have a ton of information up front. Is that correct? Absolutely. The the, the main rule, um, because remote viewing comes, from, uh, it was invented in, in a scientific lab, in a lab uh, called SRI, which is Stanford Research Institute, in the 1970s for the military. And what they wanted to do was, they wanted to know that the psychic that was giving the information across that the information they were giving was clean. So the way to do this is to always keep the psychic or remote viewer blind to the target. So as a remote viewer, uh, we know nothing about the target up front, and we're not allowed to have anyone in the vicinity of us who knows anything about the target either. And that's just so that you're not picking up the energy and the information from someone that's near you. Is that is that accurate? Yes, and also... Um, from body language because you know uh, in a normal day-to-day conversation face-to-face with a person 90% of the communication is actually through body language and not through actual talking so, so it's to make let's let's run through a case where <clears throat> you've been in the find me group for i think about 4 years now 3 years uh, minimum and uh when i send out an assignment to you um especially in the last year and a half we've been uh sending it out to all of the remote viewers uh, an assignment, and you don't know whether it's a missing person case, you don't know if it's male, female, child, you don't know if it's a homicide, and we're looking for the suspect. And the reason we created this is basically the controlled remote viewers 
don't want to have any information and a lot of them quite frankly uh use their spouse or significant other uh someone to review the computer on assignment so they're not getting anything and uh what's the reasoning behind that as far as not having the front loading that's essentially to to keep us blind as remote viewers you know um because we have to run by these rules um, we have to be blind to the target and not know anything up front. And also, part of the process that we learn our, uh, as, as remote viewers over the years, we find that if we are given little pieces of information up front, it generally actually causes us to be less accurate. Uh, I know that sounds strange, but it, it seems to be the case. You're less subjective. Are you influenced yes. by what you might know or hear about the subject then? Yes. If, if, if we're told a little piece of information up front, it almost salivates the mind and gets the imagination running away with itself and the biggest thing within remote viewing is we try to keep the remote uh, we try to keep the imagination at bay as much as possible so how did the military figure out who they want to bring into this situation i mean is there some kind of a form you filled out and all of a sudden they pick something off the form that told them you were psychic or you had this ability explain that if you would that's that. Essentially, that is how they actually chose their their original uh, military remote viewers that they used in the Stargate program. I myself, though, uh, just just met some some of the ex CIA uh, military guys online way back in the year, early nineties, and took it from there. Really, got talking to one of them who said he was coming to London, um, and he then took me through a, a two week training course in a technique called. CRV, which is short for controlled remote viewing, and that is the method that was developed by the lab SRI for the military, and the military went on to use for 20 years. So that, so where did you have to do the training? Are you allowed to, you know, speak of that? What, what was that sure. all about? I took my training at a college in London, um, which is about 100 miles from where I'm currently located. And it, and it went on for a couple of weeks. It's it's quite intense. Anyone that ever wants to get into controlled remote viewing, it's a it's a technique that was developed by a, a famous psychic artist from New York called Ingo Swan. Uh, and it's a technique that is very heavy in words and drilling. So there's there's lots of continual drilling. There's lots of lectures. There's lots of note writing. And then from this course from Ingo Swan then how did you branch off into is it different between a military scenario versus you know outside looking for a missing person is there any kind of a, a difference in how you perform your technique no uh, uh, the good thing about CRV is um, we, we you know we tried to keep to the procedures that were laid down in the in the early 70s and and beyond as much as possible so how they tried to look for uh, spies and and so on way back then when in the in the heights of the cold war is right. almost like the same techniques that i tried to use now although it's it's you know looking for missing people is 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 slightly harder because at the end of giving my information to you or someone else the feedback that you get back to check the accuracy against uh, is quite a bit less you had mentioned we had talked a little before the show about the movie that so many have seen the men who look at goats and uh, you, you which was a cold war type of, uh, of remote viewing experiment as well and you said 
that you were very familiar with that and actually had some insight. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a it's a great film, a great comedy, uh, and it does give a semi-realistic uh, picture of some of the early days of the experiments that went on. Um, they did, you know, they did try to affect the uh, the heart of the goat, or or so it's alleged. You know, some of the pe- some of the soldiers do talk talk about this and discuss this. Um, and it was f- from a concept by, by a young man at the time called Jim Charnin. Uh, who made up this concept called the First Earth Battalion, which is featured quite heavily in the film, about how they were trying to make Jedi-like soldiers, you know, like the Jedis from the Star Wars movies. Yes. Only your mind was the sword, right? Yes, yes. It was based quite quite heavily around uh, techniques in neuro-linguistic programming and meditation, a lot of, you know, techniques like that. Well, we do have... Explain if you... I was just going to ask you to explain that a little bit, uh, um, you know, so that we can understand what that actually means. Which part? Sorry, the neuro-linguistic programming, or yeah, that yeah, that thing, that hard thing to say. Yeah, I, I, to be honest, I don't, I don't follow the NLP stuff much. I'm more into the meditation side of things. Okay, but that was the technique that we're talking about it with the. Uh, Men who stare at goats. Yes, essentially they tried to create the ultimate soldier, a soldier that could, you know, meditate and go into themselves um, and move into an altered state so that they could almost be invisible when they tried to sneak up on people, and they could hone their minds to pick up intuitive detail about targets, you know, to kind of like predict where an enemy would move around them, that kind of thing. Was the idea behind that where the individual that was doing it was actually in the field of battle? Yes, yes. Um, I, you know, it was t- at the time, and this is we're talking. Uh, I think from seventy-nine to eighty-four that they they played around with those techniques. They were quite, you know, they were quite seriously and quite heavily um, going to put these people out into the field of combat. In fact, most of the people that were trained in that and the actual project, it was named Project Jedi. Um, the actual people trained in that were mo- mainly special forces. Oh wow! It, I mean, a lot. Of, this is just not something that everyone out there in the public, uh, you know, hears about. Um, one of the things I was going to say too is uh, we have a telephone number that our listeners can call if they have any questions for uh, Daz today. It's nine one four three three eight one one eight six nine one four three three eight one one eight six and Kelly, also the chat line. Yes, we have someone who has called and one has called in, Darlene, oh, and uh, she wants to speak with us. And again, the number for others. Hi. There we are, Darlene. Hi, Darlene. Hi. Do you have a Thank question for, for us, Darlene? Um. Yes. Um. I don't know how much details you want me to give over the over the line, but. Um, my son was found uh, in 2004 um, on March 13th dead, and he didn't have his phone on him. He didn't have his glasses on him. He had a gold chain with a number eight missing, and he was last seen uh, out with five couples that night. Must his girlfriend's house about two was found dead, probably eight miles from her house and less than 10 minutes from our house uh, to almost 24 hours later. So what's your question, Darlene? Um, well, 
the girlfriend didn't talk to the police for three weeks, and, um, you know, it's not like him. He couldn't see without his glasses. My thing is, I just need some closure to this whole thing. Um, well, what I'd like to what I'd like to do, if you got your Crayola handy, is give you our website uh, www. Okay. the number two dot com. It's www.findme.the.number two dot com, and send me the information uh, surrounding. Um, his situation and uh, that way okay. I can address it one on one with you and certainly appreciate you okay. calling in and we'll try to help you out thanks Darlene I, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me not a, not a problem that's Thank what we you. do every day okay, so anyway Daz okay, okay very good Darlene thanks a lot um, yeah Daz I thought maybe that would be for you but anyway I wanted to finish by saying that we have a chat line and uh, if people will Go to hearwomentalk.com. We're looking at it. The chat line and uh, see if any anything that uh, you're saying raises a question in their mind. But I wanted to go back a little bit, uh, Daz, and in in the the psychic, you know, portion of the controlled remote viewing. Does any particular skill like the clairvoyant, clairsatient, being uh, involved in channeling, or is there any particular uh, skill level that doesn't necessarily, um, you know, need to be there, or what are the ones that actually have to be there? Well, that's a good question, and one the military spent uh, 20 years trying to find out, really. Um, I'm different from a lot of re remote viewers out there in the fact that I was classically trained in uh, clairvoyance and everything before I actually learned how to remote view. So I knew those skills in advance. Um, but essentially, anyone, you know, it's almost like just being psychic, really. Anyone can be a remote viewer and, and have an, uh, an amount of remote viewing ability. Whether or not they'll be you know, what we call a superstar of remote viewing or not is a, is a different matter because it takes an element of talent plus I think you have to add to that uh, an element of skill and, you know, dedication that people want to put into it to learn over a period of years. But yeah, pretty much anyone could do it. I don't think you need any prerequisite skills in clairvoyance or anything. Okay, so it doesn't really, you know, you don't have to be obviously an astrologer to be part and parcel. This It's not like any of these different skills within all of the psychic phenomena are going to be used against you in the remote viewing. It actually, some of them can enhance and then some of them really don't come into play. Is that accurate? Yeah, yeah, I would say so. I mean, it's individual for each, for each remote viewer, really. But the act, the actual act of remote viewing itself is a combination of, you know, the traditional clairvoyance, clairaudience. As a remote viewer, you see, you're, uh, what it's called controlled remote viewing is because we are in control of the process, the psychic process. So when I'm at a target site... I make up my mind what information I want to have so I can touch the target, I can taste it, I can smell the target, I can uh -huh. feed around it, you know, uh, I it's can hear real. the target. It's real. Yeah, yeah, and I, because I'm in control, I can use any any of my normal senses to give me information about a target. So if I'm there and I'm not getting it, you know, I can say, well, if I if I taste it, what does it taste like? And then I'll instantly oh, I get see. impressions. 
Well, when, you know, we're going to take a quick break, uh, Daz, but when we come back, I would like you to expand on that just a little bit more because, uh, you know, I'm sitting here thinking on my own. Um, do you need to be a Chandler? Do you need to be clairsatient, clairvoyant, and all of these different clairs really in order need? to do yeah. this? Yeah. So uh, let's take a couple of minute break, and uh, we'll be right back, everyone. Hi, this is Jessica Dorvaj, host of the Where Is My Guru show, and you are listening to Hear Women Talk Radio. Hi, I'm Annette Martin. Have you had a psychic experience or encountered a ghost and don't know how to explain it? Visit with our exciting guest each week and give us a call on Annette Martin's Psychic World. Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. Call or drop into our chat room at Annette Martin's Psychic World on hearwomentalk.com. Hi, folks. This is private investigator Vicki Childs, host of the Vicki Childs Show on Hear Women Talk Radio. How safe is your cell phone? Is someone listening to all your calls or reading your text messages? How about your computer? Is someone watching all of your keystrokes? Or do you want to know what your child, your employee, or your spouse are doing on a computer or cell phone. If you need computer or cell phone forensics, do what I do. Talk to Steve Abrams at AbramsForensics.com. Steve is a highly respected and skilled forensics expert as well as an attorney. Contact Steve Abrams for a free 15-minute consultation at AbramsForensics.com. That's AbramsForensics.com. Or click on the Abrams Forensics banner ad on Hear Women Talk and use promo code A. Tonight, take an adventure on the Myrtle Beach Ghost Walk. Explore the haunted swamps where alligators and the ghosts from long ago still reside. Stroll across floating walkways beneath the Spanish moss as your pirate guide leads you by lantern and shares 13 spooky tales along the way. The Ghost Walk departs nightly at dusk, only at Barefoot Landing in North Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Call 843-361-2700 or visit MyrtleBeachGhostWalk.com for advance tickets. The Myrtle Beach Ghost Walk. When you're in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, home of Zeus Broadcast Network and Hear Women Talk, there's a wonderful adventure that you should try. Carolina Safari Jeep Tours. Go to www.carolinasafari.com and check out Carolina Safari. Mention Hear Women Talk and get a discount from Carolina Safari Jeep Tours. See another side of Myrtle Beach. Get wild with wildlife. Explore history, nature, and mystery on a Carolina Safari Jeep Tour. Hi, my name is Jesse Jordan with Further Faster Initiatives, and you're listening to Hear Women Talk Radio. Police psychics, find me. Welcome back, everyone. This is Kelly Snyder and Valerie Graham with Find Me, Police Psychics, and more. We have as our guest today Daz Smith, who is a CRV, and in the world of CRV, that's Controlled Remote Viewer. And when we left for the break, Daz, we were talking a little bit about the uh, 
the fact that there's so many different types of skill levels out there in the psychic world and uh, I think I mentioned before break that you know you don't necessarily have to be an astrologer you don't have to be uh, a channeler in order to get into this what are you know at least one or two of the uh, psychic uh, abilities that really would help in the remote viewing world Okay, psychic abilities. I mean, any of them, really. Clairvoyance would be good, I guess. You know, if, or if you have, in your past, uh, experienced cases of really good gut instinct or intuition, that's the most right. important thing. Because as a remote viewer, all, all we do is essentially, when, once you're trained in in the techniques and in CRV, it's essentially a stick six stage process I go through each time I do a a project. Uh, right. The, on, the only tools I need are myself just sat at an empty space, you know, a desk or table, wherever I can find a stack of white paper and, and a black pen. That's the only tools I need. Well, it sort of begs the question in my world, uh, since I've never done it and don't really know that much about it, but it, it begs the question, can anyone do this? I mean, if someone has zero intuitive skills, uh, can they actually learn uh, the art of doing remote viewing or controlled remote viewing? Yes, they can definitely learn the art, but you have to also bear in mind that you know natural talent will also always be a factor. So you as, know, as in anything, as in as any in gift, anything, yes. 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 Now you had a gift, did you not, at a very early time in your life? I did. Yes, I the come paranormal from a, gift. Yeah, I come from a heavily psychic family. My mother is a uh, a clairvoyant healer medium. Um, so it's never been a it's never been a problem within my my family growing up. You know, it's always been a, a natural part of of life, and and that you know that that's helped me. With that's quite different, so Kelly. I know we've heard from many uh, who are on the, the Find Me group that they often had a lot of family interference with their gifts, if you will. Yeah, I mean, some of the families weren't as open to it just because if you're the only child that has this ability or it somehow got enhanced uh, from the time you were a child and the father mother don't understand it or not are not a part of it uh then you know sometimes they want to squash it just so that uh, their friends and neighbors uh, are not looking at them with a jaundice eye but uh in your case it looks like you know you had the perfect setup because uh of your family being involved in it to some degree yeah, yeah, I was, I was, you know, I count myself to be a very lucky person within this field because I don't know anyone that that kind of had the background that I that I did within remote viewing. So for me, you know, I started off at a very early age, from 13 and 14 on up. I was already started to experiment with, you know, things like crystal balls, um, predicting with tarot cards, that kind of thing. And then right. from the age of 15 onwards, I trained in clairvoyance and mediumship. Um, but I was always looking for something, you know, bigger and better. I, I got on with all those classical skills, but they never seemed complete to me. And I was always searching for something else, which I eventually found in 1992 when I stumbled across remote viewing. Someone so what, uh, I was going to ask you what this, uh, uh, the Farsight Institute, is that something that came later uh, down the road after you started the remote viewing training? Yeah, yeah, I've been working with uh, Courtney Brown, the director of the Farsight Institute, for for I think going on three years now. Um, I've been remote viewing for thirteen, so it's it's a it's a new thing for us, really. And Courtney's uh, been doing these 
uh, public remote viewing projects that have been going for three years now to try to get you know a bit of publicity out there about the capabilities of remote viewing and, and that, what it can do. That kind of brings us to a question from MJ on the chat line, and she asked, "Where do where do you see things going psychically?" And that you mentioned remote uh, viewing was developed in the 70s, and she wondered if other things are being developed now that most of us haven't even heard about. Of course, most of us haven't even heard about remote viewing until now, I would imagine our audience might say that as well. It's quite shocking what does go on in government, to be honest. Um, I'm, and, I'm, you know, I class myself sure. as a bit of an expert on this. Uh, in A couple of years ago, the CIA released 89,000 pages of top-secret documents, and these top-secret documents detailed the remote viewing and paranormal studies they've been doing since 1972. And within all this experimentation, you know, we have a subset which is remote viewing, which they spent quite a lot of their time on. But they also did uh, trial and play around with other techniques like telepathy and, you know, psychokinesis, which is moving objects. They were they were very interested in the capability of having a remote viewer, maybe or possibly affecting components. You know, because they knew that you can't move very large things with the human mind but they do ha they did have an opinion they did trial many different times of you know maybe a remote viewer or psychic could break a small component in a missile so then it would go oh, off target very fascinating well someone else had asked sort of on that same kind of topic surely uh, asked if spock on star trek could touch a person's mind and read him was that similar to what a remote viewer might be able to do <laughs> yes, in some regards. I mean, there there is a you know that we still don't know even after all this time of thirty odd years of looking at remote viewing and and even more when you look at uh, paranormal phenomena as a whole, we don't know how it works. But the latest theories that are coming out from science in the labs about uh, theories like quantum mechanics and quantum entanglement are starting to show us that there's this very good possibility that everything in the universe is at some level connected um, so I'm connected to you and we're all connected, you know, within us we're also connected to, to stones on Mars and fish at the bottom of the sea, everything in the universe is connected and all we have to do as human beings is quiet our minds and just focus on things and we can instantly get information from anywhere in the universe what is, is that That's based an inspiration. on the <laughs> is that based on the energy theory too i mean that everything is made of energy and frequency connectability is is solely based on energy and you can go from you know from here to you know mars totally based on the energy isn't that correct it is yes and it's it's based on quantum mechanics and you know they they've tested this in the lab and they they have results that that show that there's a communication going on um with the smallest parts of, of the universe, quantum, protons, and atoms, they found right. that if they have two twins, uh, two twin atoms, one on Mars, say, and one here on Earth, if they spin one in a clockwise direction, its brother twin on Mars would instantaneously change direction and spin in the same direction. So what these science experiments are showing us are that particles all, all over the universe uh, can, can you communicate instantaneously um, 
space or time doesn't seem to influence this communication. And I think that's what we're using with remote viewing and normal psychic ability. Where you know we're using normal physics that we don't really know about yet. To, uh, well, the incredible thing there is that it just seems to open the door for almost anything. I mean, it's not just you know uh, quantum physics. I mean, there's you know there's a quadre of almost everything you can think of if you're talking about energy and the fact that you can go beyond the scope of the United States and the world, for that matter. Uh, you know what else is what else is out there? I. Uh, I did notice that we uh, are going to go to break here in a little bit, but when we come back, Daz, I'd like to ask you the other types of remote viewing. I know there's various, uh, there's the CRV and the, you know, the RV for remote viewing. So if we could, I'd like to touch on all yes. of them so we at least name every single one of them. And, and, and we do and, have uh, questions, Kelly, too. And okay, great. those who wish to call in again, it's 914-338-1186. And we'll look forward to coming back and talking with you. See you in a little bit. Hi, this is Judy Collins from Judy's House of Oldies, and you're listening to Hear Women Talk Radio on the Zeus Radio Network. When you're in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, home of Zeus Broadcast Network and Hear Women Talk, there's a wonderful adventure that you should try, Carolina Safari Jeep Tours. Go to www.carolinasafari.com and check out Carolina Safari. Mention Hear Women Talk and get a discount from Carolina Safari Jeep Tours. See another side of Myrtle Beach. Get wild with wildlife? Explore history, nature, and mystery on a Carolina Safari Jeep Tour. Hello, race fans. This is Jeff Gilder, creator of RacersReunion.com. When you're in Myrtle Beach, check out my favorite, the Caravelle Resort. The Caravelle Resort has a golf department and concierge with golf privileges at virtually every course on the Grand Strand, including the coveted Dunes Club. And ladies, pamper yourself with Caravelle's Studio Spa. Featuring services such as Swedish massage, heated stone therapy, reflexology, manicures, pedicures, facials, and more. Awaken your senses with the most requested massage and spa therapies. The Caravelle Resort, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, 800-507-9145. Get the best rate on the Grand Strand when you use promo code RACERS at thecaravelle.com. 800-507-9145. Hi, folks. This is private investigator Vicki Childs, host of the Vicki Childs Show on Hear Women Talk Radio. How safe is your cell phone? Is someone listening to all your calls or reading your text messages? How about your computer? Is someone watching all your keystrokes? Or do you want to know what your child, your employee, or your spouse are doing on a computer or cell phone. If you need computer or cell phone forensics, do what I do. Talk to Steve Abrams at abramsforensics.com. Steve is a highly respected and skilled forensics expert as well as an attorney. Contact Steve Abrams for a free 15-minute consultation at abramsforensics.com. That's abramsforensics.com. Or click on the Abrams Forensics banner ad on Hear Women Talk and use promo code H. Hi, this is Kay Van Hoosen, founder of Hear Women Talk. Every Monday, you can return to love with Jen Ward and Genuine Healing. Jen is an empath, a healer, and an intuitive, and Jen will show you how to remove blockages, heal yourself, and feel love. That's Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern on Hear Women Talk. This is Paul Trulove on Zeus Radio Network for HearWomenTalk.com. 
police psychics find me. back everyone this is kelly snyder with valerie graham and it's find me police psychics and more we have as our guest today daz smith who is a controlled remote viewer and uh just before we broke we we're we're on the topic of the different types of remote viewing if you would you had a little bit uh uh, there was some mention of it in one of your uh, responses, Daz. If you could, if you would, identify each and every one of them, please. Yeah. Okay. Uh, first, you know, we start off with the uh, the three different types that came out of the uh, the military, and that was uh, controlled remote viewing, which is CRV. Uh, the next one was WRV, which is written remote viewing, and that's different because that one did involve uh, channeling people okay. you know, channeled, channeled and then automatically writ on sheets of paper okay. and the third one that came out of the military was one called ERV which is extended remote viewing and essentially what happened in that one was the remote viewer led down on a, on a seat nice and comfy and they were in a half asleep state almost like an OBE state and okay. they, they did the remote viewing that way the sleep state is that part and parcel of some some of what the channelers do, though. Um, no, because the, the channelers oh, okay. would be sat at a table. You know, they they'd be sat at a table with a sheet of paper in front of them with their with their eyes closed oh, at okay, times, okay. but then writing. But the uh, the ERV state, the uh, the person is very very close to being very asleep. Um, okay. There, there seems you, to be some confusion, Daz, by uh, whether I know someone asked, uh, Shirley asked, if so, remote viewers could be used to turn a meteor's path if it were headed to Earth. Is there a differential between the remote viewers who can, you know, see what's going on versus actually act upon it? Well, that's a good question, and that's something the military was very interested in. Um, and it's what we call remote influencing, which is a, a, right. a different part of uh, remote viewing. Remote viewers essentially look at targets and then they describe everything they get in the intuitive process. Remote influencing is it's not really talked about much within our field because people don't like to talk about it because of the, the, the consequences of it. But essentially it's where a psychic could um, try to influence a predictive event or try to influence the mind of a person and that Tele kind of thing. Telekinetically, so to speak? Yes. Um, there is, you know, there is scientific evidence out there to show that any time we, we create a thought in our heads anyway, that, you know, that that thought can influence. So we're mm -hmm. all influencing the world around us anyway. This is um, just more specifically targeted. It is. It okay. is, and there there are stories within the field um, from people like Yori Getter, who who did do some uh, remote viewing for the military in the 70s, where he was asked to go along to certain certain talks where the the Americans were talking with the Russians about disarmament, and he was asked to 
project himself into the head of uh, the person doing the talks for the Russians and try to influence them to the positive decisions. So it has so, been used in the past. Oh, that's, yeah. Well, yeah, and, and I, I think something that needs to be said here, too, is, you know, you have all of the the skeptics of the world, and usually, you know, you don't give them the time of day because they haven't done, most of them haven't done the research to really look into the psychic phenomena. They just make comments and statements that are negative to this, but certainly it's important to state that the governments from all around the world thought enough to do some research as to contro controlled remote viewing and, and other modalities within the remote viewing <laughs> scenario, but at least, you know, it, the government proved that this stuff is worthwhile. Well, is there and, even and a, a country that didn't use it, uh, Dennis? Well, yeah, I'm sure probably you're... Not, uh, probably not. I mean, well, I, you know, I've read, I've read all the 89,000 CIA documents that came out about the program. Oh, and wow. for, for 23 years, from 1972 to 1995, they had an active program that looked at every aspect of remote viewing and psychic ability and we're talking hundreds of thousands of experiments and trials here over 23 years and they spent 23 million looking at this and you know they don't spend that kind of money year on year out unless they were getting positive results well, what are some of the results thing? that happened you were mentioning talking about spies and other such things I mean the remote viewing results themselves they, they did all kinds of stuff. You know, the remote viewers were tasked quite often at looking at the secret bases all, all and around Russia to see, you know, to see what they were doing, to see what kind of nuclear arms they were building, what kind of rockets they were building. They did lots of that kind of work. They also tried to look for Russian spies. You know, so they would give the remote viewer a photograph and ask them to, to describe the activity of a person in that photograph to see if they were doing any kind of like spying activities. They also um, asked the remote viewers to, to, to try to predict or to try to look at any future or, or technologies that were being built within these within these Cold War countries. So that, you know they did look and they did get information on things like ballistic submarines and stealth planes. Um, it, the, the list the list goes on and on and on in into the 90s. They uh, the remote viewing unit for the military also did a lot of work for the U.S. government trying to find. Uh, drug trafficking on boats that was that was going on. So you know they were how, trying. How to has that worked? Drugs. Do you know? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know the exact results on that because bear in mind we had these eighty nine thousand documents from the from the military, but at times where the information gets quite sensitive, there you, you won't get the document find out. And yeah, there'd be a big chunk of the document that's blacked out. But they had they had I think they had spotty results with the trying to find. The, the drugs that are being trafficked because one of the problems we have within remote viewing is, is what we call a search problem because uh, remote viewing is designed and is very good at describing and that's all we do so whatever the target is if it's like a missing person for Kelly um, I will try to describe as, in best ways possible uh, the location of that missing person but one of the rules of remote viewing, and when we're taught it, is we're not allowed to identify or put a name to things. So why? Because part of the process, the person that created the process of remote viewing, Ingo Swan, he identified very early on that the the errors or what we call the noise within being psychic comes from when information comes into the person 
and then that person tries to analyze that information and tries to put a I name see. to it. I see. When you try to put a name to it, you uh, your mind almost come it guesses a conclusion, and that guess is usually incorrect. So without naming, you are able to just give your your uh, impressions. Yes, but you know, uh, and that's a good thing, but it's also a bad significant- thing. The significance, uh, Daz, that what you pr- bring to the table, though, is it's it's not really necessary to give me a name uh, on a missing person. We already have that data, but your identifying area. Now, the only thing that comes into play when you're doing the remote viewing on a missing person is if they're on the move, just like it would be with a suspect. If he if he knows he's on, uh, someone is looking for him, then he's on the move, and it's not always easy to. You know, locate this individual by putting a address and or GPS coordinate on them. But uh, before I forget, too, I you know uh, got off the topic here a little bit. We had the CRV, WRV, and ERV. What are the other uh, um, remote viewing uh, areas? Yep. Yeah, so those three are the main ones that came out of the military. And then in 1995, when it became public and moving into the public sector. Uh, all the ex-CIA spies that were trained in this started setting up their own schools and some of the schools that are right now now teaching are one called TRV which is technical remote viewing Um, and that's an offshoot of CRV so it's essentially the same as CRV Okay. and then there's there's another one called SRV which is scientific remote viewing and again that's another offshoot of CRV Um, and another main one out there at the moment is a technique called HRVG and that's Hawaii remote viewing um, and that's another school which again comes from CRV um, and that's based in the, on, on the island of Hawaii there and what's the significance of the HRV uh, is it just the fact that it's you know in, in Hawaii, Hawaii or, <laughs> yeah I mean yeah I mean there are differences in the method the base method for okay. all remote viewing out there at the moment is essentially CRV um, but people, you know, when it when it, when it moved into the public domain and hit the streets, people started adding adding their own things to it and adapting it and mutating it. And all these right. different acronyms are the different schools with their with their own versions of of yeah of remote viewing, and each one has its own peculiarities. Well, having lived in Hawaii for uh, thirteen years, I uh, didn't you go to school you know, there for a little bit? Uh, well, actually, uh, a lot of it. I uh, graduated uh, and went. I heard that rumor. Uh, did my master's program there, and uh, and then got hired on with the government there, and and uh, just you know, actually got transferred back to Hawaii after I left uh, the first time. So yeah, I spent uh, two weeks shy of thirteen years there. So uh, I know nice. a little bit. I know a little bit about uh, pineapples and uh, sugar cane. I can tell you that, <laughs> but uh, but not as much about the Hawaiian remote, remote viewing as we're learning. No, I actually. No. Uh, well, the the funny thing that you brought that up, the first thing that came to my mind, Daz, was uh, I don't know if everyone knows this, but the military had for years and years, and it's still there uh, because I actually was able to step foot on the uh, the pad leading into Diamond Head. There's a military base located underneath Diamond Head. And uh, it's more of a communications facility, and you know, this is just stuff that I heard through the back door because no one really would tell you what it is. But you know, there a lot of people don't know that. I mean, most of the Hawaiians do, obviously. But uh, and I don't remember when they put that in there. But were you aware of that, uh, Daz? 
No, I'm not aware of that one. Um, I'm aware of, you know, obviously the other famous ones around the world, um, the ones that allegedly have, you know, uh, aliens and UFOs, that kind of thing in. Uh, yeah, which speaking, is, of al- speaking of aliens, uh, <laughs> we'll have to come back and see if we can uh, see if remote viewing identifies, you know, what uh, city uh, that all the aliens are living in. You know, my guess would be somewhere in South Carolina, but that's just my personal Ah, opinion, you're probably right about that. There yes, you go. You well, anyway, uh, we're going to take a couple minutes break, and uh, we'll come back and get down to where all those aliens are if, uh, if we can, Des. So we'll see you in a little bit. Hi, this is Judy Collins from Judy's House of Oldies, and you're listening to Hear Women Talk Radio on the Zeus Radio Network. When you're in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, home of Zeus Broadcast Network and Hear Women Talk, there's a wonderful adventure that you should try, Carolina Safari Jeep Tours. Go to www.carolinasafari.com and check out Carolina Safari. Mention Hear Women Talk and get a discount from Carolina Safari Jeep Tours. See another side of Myrtle Beach. Get wild with wildlife. Explore history, nature, and mystery on a Carolina Safari Jeep Tour. Tonight, take an adventure on the Myrtle Beach Ghost Walk. Explore the haunted swamps where alligators and the ghosts from long ago still reside. Stroll across floating walkways beneath the Spanish moss as your pirate guide leads you by lantern and shares 13 spooky tales along the way. The Ghost Walk departs nightly at dusk, only at Barefoot Landing in North Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Call 843-361-2700 or visit MyrtleBeachGhostWalk.com for advance tickets. The Myrtle Beach Ghost Walk. Hi, I'm Annette Martin. My show, Annette Martin's Psychic World, is all about you. Call or use chat to talk with my intriguing guests or ask me an on-air psychic question. Every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, we will have an expert with words of wisdom to assist you with your life. So sit back, relax, and listen to Annette Martin's Psychic World on HearWomenTalk.com. Hi, this is Kay Van Hoosen, founder of Hear Women Talk. Every Monday, you can return to love with Jen Ward and Genuine Healing. Jen is an empath, a healer, and an intuitive, and Jen will show you how to remove blockages, heal yourself, and feel love. That's Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern on Hear Women Talk. Hi, this is Michelle with Labellamy Vineyard. You're listening to Hear Women Talk Radio on the Zeus Radio Network. Police psychics, find me. Hi, this is Kelly Snyder with Valerie Graham, and our guest today is Daz Smith. We're coming back for the final segment. Uh, when we left, we were talking a little bit, uh, Daz, about the uh, aliens that are out there, and I uh, 
I joke they're all in South Carolina, but uh, <laughs> that's not in fact true. Uh, we do know that there's at least a hundred thousand of them living in Washington D.C., but we just don't have time to name them all at this point. But <laughs> one of the things I did want to do is uh, go back. We were talking about some of the things that you know through your training and all of the uh, the time that you've spent doing this uh, remote viewing, controlled remote viewing. That is. Um, You've developed a website, and I I was on there today uh, just to get a little bit of a heads up on all of the things that are in there, and it's quite impressive. Not to mention the fact that uh, that's what you do uh, part time and full time on the side is develop websites. But uh, very impressive. If you would uh, explain uh, a little bit about what your website's uh, all about, number one, and number two, what's in there. Uh, for people to get involved in remote viewing if that's something they're interested in. Yeah, yeah, and thanks, Kelly. Yeah, the website's called remoteview.com, and it's been up now for about six years. And essentially, I try to provide as much information as I can for free for people. So on the website, it's got an extensive history of remote viewing going right back to 1972. And included in that, I do have a few hundred of the CIA documents on there, so oh, people can actually go there. That. Yes, some have asked about it already, so that's great. Yep, they can go on there and they can see some of the top documents that came out, some of the top science labs, and essentially it's it's work that they pay for with their with their tax dollars, and you can actually see the results of some of these experiments. Not only that, on the website as well, under a page called Manuals. I also have documents of all the different um, methodologies that are available out there. So all their training manuals, I, I have there on the one website that people can download and they can look at at their leisure. Um, it's hard to learn remote viewing from a manual, but at least you know it gives you a, a starting point. Well, and it might, uh, if nothing else, at least give you some clue whether or not you're interested in it enough to pursue it, and. Uh, you know that to me is critical because a lot of times people are interested in in things and there's no venue for them to go to to try to find out more about a topic so yes, yes. that's why i wanted you to mention your website uh, what else is on there uh uh you know for yep. the person that's interested in remote viewing yep, you have I a have, blog um, don't you have a blog too uh, i do have a blog as well yeah um uh called cosmic spoon um, and that's and that's right. You know, just essentially put up my my thoughts and feelings about remote viewing. Also, on a regular basis as well, when I take part in public experiments, I I'd put all the experiments online for people to download and have a look. You know, because it's you know it's good to get other people's point of view on whether they think I'm accurate or not. Well, not to but mention, a, speaking of accuracy, what about that prediction you made for me last year? Actually, it was part of a project about the earthquake. Uh, explain that because that in fact. Uh, came true. I think you were off a day or two, so obviously you had to uh, tweak the fact that the earthquake, the exact location, was uh, like a day off or something. So I guess That's you know, shame good. on you yes. for being a day yeah. off, right? No, we, so tell, we tell us about that one. Yeah, well, we were actually on on the day, uh, but what we were off on, or what the analyst was off on, was the intensity. And he uh, he looked at our remote viewing data at the time and, and thought that it was going to be a full cataclysmic event that was going to wipe out the LAX airport. Right. Uh, so that's what he put out. He, you know, he put out the date that it was going to happen, uh, and that the airport was going to be collapsed. So but, it uh, did happen on that date, however. It happened on the exact date that he mm -hmm. put out, but it, not to the intensity of 
of everything being damaged. Hardly any damage went went on, but you know we essentially did accidentally, yeah, pr- predict that earthquake to the day. Well, and, you know the the significance of that to me is you have you know the uh, the inevitable skeptic out there saying, well, wait a minute, an earthquake in California, you know, I can predict that, and and it wasn't the significance that there was going to be an earthquake in California. You know, like I said, I can predict an earthquake in California. I just can't tell you where. You guys yes. said where. You guys said yeah. when, and it happened exactly. The only thing off was uh, was the uh, magnitude. But uh, again, uh, just one more nail in the coffin that uh, this stuff, the psychic phenomena, remote viewing, uh, astrology, the forensic astrology, all of these things are are accurate to some degree. And by the way, we're in the process of trying to you know scientifically get better at what we do and we have some projects going on currently to do that but uh back back to your website again uh uh it's uh, www.remoteview.com so anyone out there that's you know interested in remote viewing at least go and see uh, Daz's website so you can get a clue well, as to what's in there and, and also, contact Daz also you what want. about your new uh magazine relatively new and why is it called Eight Martinis? Okay, Eight Martinis. Uh, it's a remote viewer magazine that people can download for free, and it has all the latest information and articles from from the top people in the field of remote viewing. Eight Martinis, the name, it comes from the creator of remote viewing, Ingo Swan, and essentially what happened was um, it's an intelligence community in house turn for remote dating remote viewing data that was so good that it scared them so much that they had to go out and drink eight martinis to recover <laughs> well eight of course it's e-i-g-h-t martinis dot com yeah. not the, the uh, number eight and you know when when um one one quick quick question because i know we have many many other things um Predicting the future is difficult with remote viewing, and people ask if someone can remote view, can they pick up something in the future and pinpoint it? And and would it change? Why does it change? That seems to be a catch-22 of what you discussed earlier, where the power of the mind can change things, uh, even with what you have seen and predicted. Yes, uh, things do change. Um within the future and, and predicting the future or looking at the future of remote viewing is less accurate than looking at the past but saying that um, I, you know in, in my own projects and, and working with others we do get between a 50 and 80% accuracy at looking at the future stuff and I've done many future experiments on my website alone on the results section there are, are lots of my predictive targets on there where I've predicted the the, the winning outcome of uh, sports games of you know events that are on TV like game shows and reality shows it's very easy to do and, and, re- and remote viewing can do it and if they go on my website they can actually see the the winning betting slips and everything where you know I've actually made money by doing this <laughs> so it does work at least sometimes in that way it works sometimes not all the time the one thing I must say about remote viewing is remote viewing is good. Um, and the more you do it, the better you get. But it's not 100% accurate. I'm currently running myself at around about 75 to 83% accurate, 80% of the time. So you know, if I give you 100, if I give you 100 words and say there's 100 words about the target, 
you'll know that about 70 or 80 of those will be correct. And do you have a consensus when you have remote viewers like that? There are several of them looking at the same thing. Do you try and get a consensus? It, yeah, with remote viewing, it's good when uh, when you work in teams, when you have four or five remote viewers looking at the same target. And what you'll find when you work a team effort like that is, without knowing it, because there are no communication between remote viewers, you know, you're, you're not allowed to talk, uh, and you're doing. Bear in mind as well, don't forget, we're always doing this blind, so we don't know what the target is that we're remote viewing. But what you find happen is in a in a team event is each remote viewer will independently, and no one knows why this happens, uh, will all concentrate on a different aspect of the target. So if the target was, you know, like a government facility, one remote viewer might accidentally talk continuously about the people. One might talk about the size and shape of the structure. One of them might talk about what's going on in there, you know, what emotions are going on at a target. And... None of, none of this is communicated beforehand. You know, this isn't made up. Um, it just seems to be the natural order of things that the, the project in hand is broken down and distributed between each remote viewer by some kind of weird automated process. But is it actually something, uh, Daz, where the instructor or the person providing the data has what he wants from each individual so it separates itself through the energy factor or is it it's, just something that is a natural natural phenomenon it's uh, this is one of the things we don't know but what we do know with experimentation in remote viewing and in normal science is the fact that the experimenter or the person watching the experiment also becomes part of the experiment so i would say you're probably right in the fact that the person that tasks it um in their head, they might be thinking, I want this person to do this, I want that other person to do that. Right. And somehow that is communicated to the team that are doing doing the project. Well, the reason I ask mm -hmm. that is because when I'm on the phone with some of the psychics in the group and they're asking about a missing person case in the Find Me group, uh, I know for a fact that some of them can pick my brain. So when we get assignments like this, uh, I deliberately tell the police I don't want to know anything because I don't want to do any of that front-loading accidentally uh, to anyone that I'm talking to or communicating with. It's best that I give the assignment to them, and then if they do have questions, I can go back to the police and get the answers. But uh, we're about to wrap up, uh, Daz, and I wanted to uh, thank you for spending some time with us today. I mean, Oh, yes. Interesting journey. <laughs> yeah, tons and tons of people out there know way more than they ever could even imagine today about remote viewing and I appreciate that but I did want to get in the fact that uh, they can always go to your site at remoteview.com and and ask you questions in there but uh, it was really excellent very uh, you know it, it just was uh, things that uh, that I didn't even know especially when you started naming all the different ones and uh, especially my favorite place was the Hawaii one so <laughs> th thanks again Daz I certainly appreciate it yes. and uh, I appreciate you being a member of the Find Me group also and, and if you want to share this program with anyone you can go back who missed it hearwomentalk.com and go to the archives and you can hear this program it should be up in about a day within 24 hours alright everyone be kind to your pets, and Valerie, you can go kiss your dog on the lips. I will do that. Thanks, Daz. Okay, thanks, and good speaking to you guys. Absolutely.